Hey guys, before we get into the Jared Mosley interview, Brittany and I wanted to again shout out Homefield for working with us uh, through Dave Campbell's Football to show y'all all of this merch that you see on the screen here. Uh, using code MGREEN, you guys will get 15% off your initial purchase and then on 10% on any recurring purchase after that. They have some great designs. Uh, Bruni, I know you ordered a shirt. I don't know which one you got. I ordered but... this one. I ordered the uh, North Texas Super Pit long sleeve right here. I yeah. cannot wait for that one to come in. Yeah. This was the top seller, though. The, the black scrappy eagle one, which makes sense because people really love the scrappy like mascot. Mm. And I feel like we haven't seen it a ton. So I, th- I think point. it makes a lot of sense. Yeah, they, I mean, they go into the historical stuff of the school. So that's why you probably haven't seen a lot of scrappy anywhere because most schools, most places can't. And they're able to work directly with the university uh, to make these designs. So again, M Green to get 15% off your first order, 10% off any order after that. And I do want to thank, shout out everybody who already has used our code and made their purchases. I mean, people are saving 15% off their first orders. I mean, people ordering, I mean, $130 stuff, <laughs> saving $20, yeah. all this stuff. I mean, it's it's awesome. So everybody's saving money. I mean, I, I used it, saved Same. myself 15% there. So um, again, you can use code MGREEN for 15% off your first order, 10% off all re- recurring orders. Um I haven't, we haven't got our stuff yet, but I mean, a lot of people, I mean, it's only been what, four days, four days, five days, five days, so, I think. Yeah. So it'll come in in a couple of weeks and uh, we will show it off to y'all when we get it there. Um, if you're interested, visit the Homefield website at homefieldapparel.com. Super easy to access, has a wide ranging selection of teams. If you're not buying something mm. from North Texas, you could still use our code. If you're buying something from fill in the blank. Uh, Texas, you know, all those other Dang. schools. I didn't LSU, think you were going to school. That's crazy. LSU, <laughs> you know, a, a school. Who knows? They got a ton of them. Just, yep. uh, yeah, you can use M Green at the checkout for those as well. So, uh, again, we thank you all for supporting us, supporting Homefield, supporting the Dave Campbells, um, all that stuff. Um, and, yeah, I think we can get into the interview now, Colin. Yep. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of the Green Room Podcast. I'm Matthew Bruni, and joining me once again is Colin Mitchell. Colin, today we are joined by North Texas Athletic Director Jared Mosley. Jared, how are you doing today? Doing great. Uh, always good to see you guys and appreciate you having us. Yes. Um, we knew, uh, obviously, when we were planning out the, the summer schedule, we were like, all right, we'll get some players on, some coaches on here, and it was like, we got to get Jared Mosley on, you know. Mm-hmm. They, we we – talked so much to Ren Baker. It was like, all right, Ren's here. Now Ren's gone at West Virginia. It's like Jared Mosley, every you've had a busy <laughs> you've had a busy first what five months, six months on the job. Which it's, we'll get into all that. But it's um, uh six months now, so time flies. Yeah, time That's flies crazy. when you're uh incredibly busy and have a lot of <laughs> yeah. moments in your in your career. <laughs> but um anyways, let's let's talk about what do, we, what do we start calling? Do we start with? I AC? think I'm first interested in, I guess, in how you got into, you know, the okay. athletic administration stuff in general. Because obviously you play basketball at ACU, and then you kind of, from what we were reading, it you kind of just jumped right into the athletic department stuff. So, so how does that? How did that all work out? Yeah, I got I got my start. I um, when I finished up at Adeline Christian, I was an education major. Uh, went overseas and played. Um, for a season. So I delayed graduation. I still had to do student teaching the, to wrap my degree up. So when I finished my season overseas, we moved back to Abilene so that I could wrap up my degree. And 
at that point I was, um, you got to make a little bit of money just to uh, pay the rent. So I went and uh, was a student assistant for the assistant AD for internal operations at Abilene Christian. And that was really, to be honest, probably the first, um, it was my introduction into the administrative side of things. I always kind of thought I was going to go down the coaching path, um, coach basketball for a little while and then jump into administration later in my career. But um, really learned a lot under him, you know, got to learn, um, you know, at AC, you don't have a ton of staff. So mm -hmm. he put me in charge of everything that was a facility rental or an event that we hosted on campus. And so he let me run with that. So you get a, you get a glimpse into, you know, event management. You also had to manage the books. He said, you can hire and fire people. You need to make sure we're making profit. You know, so he gave me a lot of leeway, but along the way, I also kind of got to see, he was the CFO at the time. So I got to understand a little bit about budgets and finance. Uh, he also did uh, capital projects and facilities. So learned a little bit about that. Fast forward just a uh, couple of uh, a couple of uh, semesters later, I was a graduate assistant in the basketball program um, and thinking I'm going down the coaching path. And he ends up taking another job the guy I worked for as a student assistant and i thought well hey i'll just throw my name in the hat zero expectation i was going to get the job i just thought it'd be good to uh, you know being an alum i thought i'll at least get an interview be good practice um while well, ultimately get offered the job and so um wow. decided at that point we were we were starting our family and i thought you know what coaching's a tough when you lump in recruiting and travel yeah. and just everything that entails and so at that point, I made the decision to slide in the administrative side. So I uh, was able to jump in pretty early uh, there as an assistant AD for internal ops at ACU. Because how old were you at that time when you got the associate uh, job? Whew, um, that would have been in... 2000? I would have been 20, probably 23. Jeez, okay. um, that's crazy. And so, that's so I was, I was 23... You know, you take the ACU thing. I, I tell people my journey's extremely uh, unique. Very fortunate to just be at the right place at the right time. So, when I was hired for internal, we had an assistant AD for external, assistant AD for compliance, and then the athletic director. Mm. A year after I got there for internal, the external guy left, and they gave me the external responsibilities. So I did internal and external. Everything. Within a year of that happening, the compliance person left and they were like, we're not going to hire the compliance person. You can do internal, external compliance. Yeah. And then not even a year later, the athletic director left and they were like, we're not going to hire an AD. You're going to report to the VP for the, the university who, who was across campus. And so, you know, you had to, in a short amount of time, I just got thrown into the fire and, and having to learn a lot of different, all the, really all the aspects of college athletics. And to be honest, got to a point where I was about burned out and I had an opportunity to go take a job at another division one institution. And my president said, Hey, before you accept that job, let's talk about what it would be for you to be the athletic director here. So, hmm. um, you know, in, tw in 2004, I'm 27 years old, got offered the job to be the AD at uh, ACU and uh, spent 10 years there. And it was a remarkable run for me just being able to do that at my alma mater. Yeah, and obviously, I mean, now the athletic director in North Texas, but looking back at those 10 years, 
how much of a whirlwind was that in terms of learning, in terms of see, seeing, obviously, because Abilene Christian has grown pretty significantly. I mean, just as far as I've been keeping track, and that's since, I don't know, 2012, 13, whatever. But um, what was it like for you building, trying to build that up and obviously learning on the fly as you're continuing to go? You know, it, it was, um, we had a lot of great people around us. I had two gentlemen who had been uh, athletic directors and been around Abilene Christian for a really long time who were literally right down the hallway. So I had a lot of great uh, wisdom uh, to lean on early um, in my tenure there at ACU. You know, ACU had really built itself as a Division II, one of the top Division II programs in the country. I mean, we finished in the top 10 of the Director's Cup, you know, for well over a decade um, and just had a lot of you know, I think one of the things I appreciate about ACU and really kind of what shaped my philosophy, we were not a, a program that tiered our sport. So we tried, if we were going to offer a sport, make sure we're, you know, funding it well, giving it a chance to succeed. Um, and so, you know, it's it, you look at kind of transitioning from that time there and this opportunity here at UNT, like that's been one of the things, uh, you know, when Ren got here and, and that we're going to continue to, to push ourselves in is making sure that we're giving every sport we have a chance to compete for championships. Um, yeah, I just think when you're, when you're trying to create that experience, it, it, it just doesn't sit right to provide that for some. And then some programs just never have that opportunity. And so, you know, we ultimately want to make sure we're providing, um, you know, championship level experiences, but then also all the stuff around life skills and career development and just the things that you want to, prepare people for life. I just think, you know, college athletics, when you look at, I tell people all the time, I think for a big portion of our student athletes, it'll be the single most important classroom they ever set foot in. Uh, your college degree is great, but I just think the things you learn walking through a, a, a high functioning, well-organized athletic program, it just sets people up uh, for a lot of success later in life. Was there ever a moment, sorry, Colin, cut no, you fine. off, but, um, was there ever a moment at ACU, uh, I mean, looking back on it now, where you're like, how did I get through that? How did we get through that as an either athletic department or just you as the AD of being like, all right, how did we either overcome or look back at a crazy situation like that? Yeah, I, I you know, looking back, you always, um, you probably, you reflect on things different. I mean, I, I, I'm grateful for kind of the path I had because I, I, I do think, it gave me a perspective. Had I not been able to oversee compliance, had I not been able to oversee external, I don't know that in job opportunities after that, I would have understood how all the pieces come together. I think, yeah. I think that's one of the, one of the things that uh, I feel it really helped me is I, I, I don't know all the nuances. I'm not an expert in every aspect of college athletics, but I do feel like I, I understand where the pressure points are for the people who do lead those areas. I feel like, you know, you definitely kind of realize where your priorities need to be. You know, what are the things that can certainly get you in a bind and in trouble and that need your attention every day? And then where are the areas that you can, um, you know, allow people to be creative and push the envelope and 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 understand how all that works together. So, um, you know, you do look back and I, I, you know, to have done that and realize what happened over a three and a half year period, it, it, it kind of, yeah. I'm, I'm amazed at where we were able to get, but uh, at the same time had great people at ACU. And 
Yeah, I tell people all the time, that's actually my time at ACU when I became an athletic director. That's when I met Wren. Uh, Wren was a young AD. at uh, He was starting a program at Rogers State, uh, NAIA program in Claremore, Oklahoma, and we had a mutual friend who had introduced us together. And so, um, you know, really early in my career, early in his career, we kind of became neither one of us had a chance to work under, you know, another AD or another program. And so we became really good friends and really leaned on each other throughout the years, just as we, you know, were, were both coming up through athletic administration together. How did, um, obviously like, so, so is that kind of what brought you guys together at North Texas, obviously with him being AD and you being the assistant AD? It is. I, and it's funny when I left ACU for the opportunity, I had a search firm, uh, reach out about, you know, the Texas sports hall of fame, you know, president and CEO role. And I was really excited about that just because I felt like, um, you know, sometimes when you're at a private school, certainly in division two, you yeah. kind of get labeled as a, you know, you're a private school division two guy. And so opportunities are sometimes difficult to, to navigate beyond that. And, um, and so I felt like the job at the hall of fame was going to be really good for me to kind of expand my network into uh, really all aspects of sports throughout the state of Texas um, and get to, and I got to meet a lot of phenomenal people uh, in my two years there. And I loved that opportunity. Uh, and I, to be honest, had Ren not become an AD, I'd still be there. Um, I told my wife before we took the hall of fame job, I just said, Hey, I really, I think this is going to be a great change of pace for us and good opportunity for me. But I, I, do anticipate if Ren ever got a job, that'd be the one thing might lure me back into college athletics. And fast forward a couple of years, he gets that opportunity and reached out and it's been a remarkable run here at UNT. What over, what was it? Y'all worked together for six years, five years, six years, five, six years. <laughs> yeah. What did you learn from Ren uh, in, in those years that you carry forward now, obviously, obviously taking over from him in North Texas, where you are very comfortable after the last six years, but what did you take from him and be like, all right, this is something that I didn't do at Abilene Christian, obviously it's a different school, but what do you take from that, uh, moving forward? That's a great question. Um, you know, I think, I think a couple of things come to mind. I mean, I, I think Ren's probably one of the uh, elite young leaders in college athletics. I just think he has a great feel for um, just kind of where things are going. He's always thinking, trying to think two or three steps ahead. Uh, very, very much a proactive instead of a reactive leader, um, which I think, you know, in the landscape and things change so much, but there are certain things we can kind of anticipate in college athletics. And so I think one of his greatest gifts that I've probably glean from was uh really around strategic communication um you know when we in college athletics when you have successes and you have wins sometimes you just feel like you immediately need to get that information out to the masses um and you immediately need to put it on social media and he really has a knack for when appropriate sitting on certain things so that you can you can provide wins for your fans and, and your your donors and your alumni throughout a calendar year. Uh, you don't have periods where it just kind of feels like nothing's going on. Uh, you don't have a, a periods of time where you're not in the news. And so, you know, that's really kind of shaped me thinking through, you know, as we move ahead, how do we want to make sure that we're not just plugging when things happen, everything happens in a month or two period, and then you're going to go, you know, 
a while without people feeling like you you're you're got something positive going on um you know the other thing i think um we talked a lot about and i i think he's you know his experiences at different places certainly shaped his perspective here but you know, he, he uh, when he was at Memphis, he had the opportunity to work closely with FedEx. And I remember when we first got here, he said, hey, one of the things that they did at FedEx that I'd like for us to kind of think through is, um, you know, they would they would say, what's the what's every possible negative thing that could happen to us to disrupt business, to, to be a, a blip on uh, in a negative way in PR? And let's try to game plan and have a template for how we would work through that so that in the moment we're not trying to make important decisions on the fly and just with a lot of stuff coming at us. But we kind of thought through some of the key aspects so that when you find yourself in that situation, you've got to react quickly. You're not just trying to put the plan together all at once. And so we've talked about that here. And, and you know, in college athletics, you can pretty well think through, you know, several dozen scenarios, whether it's, you know, coaches leaving, behavior issues with coaches, student athletes, PR stuff, like you can make a list. Mm-hmm. And so we we try to add to that every time we kind of see something happen around the country so that as we find if we ever find ourselves in that situation, you know, we're not we're not going to uh be having to think through that the first time on the fly. So I would say those are kind of two things when you just look at the importance of communication in today's society and with how quickly information can travel it those two things uh rins an a plus and and he uh you know it's really shaped kind of how i view our opportunities here at unt moving toward like now i guess is what was the because obviously there was a lot of stuff happening when you became ad how did that process happen obviously with eric morris uh having to look for a football coach and, and all of that well, I don't know that there'll ever be another opportunity like that again. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know that uh, that was unique, and, and you know the Wren's announcement to go to West Virginia, um, the decision to transition in football was made. We didn't have a, an athletic director in place, and so I give a lot of credit to President Smatras. He, you know, he just said, "Hey, you're going to be a part of the AD process," but. He said, I want you to go ahead and get started on the football search. He said, my attention is going to be on hiring an AD. Mm-hmm. I, I'd like for you to mm-hmm. kind of start getting our candidates together, um, do the initial phone calls, try to get it to a point where before we bring people to campus, hopefully these, you know, if it's you, we're in a great place. If it's somebody else, they've at least got the opportunity to say, hey, I like the process and we can pick it up or if they want to start over. But um, you know, he gave me a lot of leeway to, you know, run those initial phone calls and vetting of candidates. And so at the point when I, uh, had the opportunity to sit down with him and the following day was offered the job, you know, you're in a place there where you already had your finalists, you got to move quickly to get them to campus. And really we were trying to capitalize on with the bowl game. You want to try to have a new coach named not only because of recruiting, but you've got a great platform in that bowl game to get them in front of a lot of people to, uh, you know, to to generate some excitement uh, around the future of the program. And so we were fortunate we were able to kind of hit all those marks. And I I feel like it couldn't have played out any better um, just as far as having that plan and executing it in a way where uh, the program was able to move forward quickly. When it comes to Eric Morris, I've heard he's a very, 
process oriented, detail oriented, uh, um, a lot of different positive things about him and how obviously he was a head, he has had coaching experience from Incarnate Word. What what sold you on Eric Morris ultimately? I tell people all the time, I, I think, uh, you know, in two days I did 16 phone interviews or Zoom interviews uh, with candidates and he was, he was my second interview on the first day. And I just remember, I remember coming away from there like, wow, this guy, he's not, you could tell he's been a head coach before. He was not, he was not articulating a vision that was, well, here's what we did back there. And here's what this coach did. And this is how I might tie it in. I mean, he had a very well thought out plan for how he would attack the opportunities at North Texas and also, you know, just some of the challenges that he felt were here, how he would address those. And, you know, I went through those 16 interviews and to be honest, he was head and shoulders above the others as far as just being able to articulate a vision that really resonated with where we were today in our program. And, you know, the, the scriptures you just used for him, I would say, I think you can already see the benefits. I mean, he, he wanted to attack recruiting, uh, starting in DFW and, and certainly across the state. And I feel they've done a phenomenal job of uh, connecting with coaches and the talent here in the area. Um, you know, his, his delegation across his staff and how he's utilizing and has built out not only his recruiting arm, but just every coach knows exactly what their role is. And you just see, you just see a fluidity in their ability to work together that I think, um, you know, you're going to start to see success. So uh, I'm, I'm super excited with just the progress made so far. Um, I love coach Morris's energy and his passion for this place, his passion for student athletes. And uh, I think we've got an extremely bright future ahead of us under his leadership. Obviously uh, we just talked about Eric Morris, but you know, we have men's basketball, women's basketball, uh, smaller sports like golf, and then going to the American what's it like trying to keep the momentum of like basketball, for example, and then having to, you know, make sure that North Texas is ready for, for going to the bigger conference. You know, that, that's a, uh, you know, that's going to be a process. And I, I, I try to remind, you know, as we've had to fill those spots, you know, the, there's extreme pressure when you're a coach to want to, uh, quick bake and, and move yeah. things as fast as you can yeah. and try to get, get things in a place where you're, but, but I've told all of them, like I, I, um, I want success as much as they do and as much as the next guy, but I also don't want a shortcut for short-term success that can't be sustained. And so really, you know, I think when you, you look at coach Burton, you look at, um, you know, coach Hodge, certainly like those guys have, they have a lot like Eric, a vision for how they're going to get there. And, you know, at the end of the day, I think they're just unbelievable um, leaders and creators of culture. Um, I think you have to have coaches who believe that we can be successful here. I think they have to pass that on uh, to student athletes. I think you have to certainly have an eye for talent. And I think I think this group we have and the new coaches we brought in, you know, their ability to recruit to the level that we're going to need to in the American, but then also back it up with a culture that can sustain success over time. Like that, that's what we're aiming for. And, um, you know, it's one thing to kind of quickly get there, but have some chinks in your plan that ultimately you're taking three or four steps back 
you know, and having to redo it. But I just, I just think these guys have a, have a great uh, perspective. I think they, while we want to continue to grow and we know we've got to invest additional uh, resources in our program to, to meet the American, you know, these coaches believe they can, they can compete now. Uh, and so, you know, I, I, I like coaches who tend to be problem solvers and not excuse makers. And I, I think when, and you guys know this cause you spent time with them. I mean, these guys passion for uh, finding solutions and, and getting to the top, like they, they see it every day. So. We know about obviously going to the American, we know about the exposure, we know about the opportunity. How has that changed if at all, of how y'all kind of look at things or operate as an athletic department going into a new, facing a new challenge, facing a new opportunity? You know, I think one of the things that is going to take us a little bit of time, you benchmark, and so everything from budgets to personnel to, you know, number of people you have in academic support, sports medicine, strength and conditioning, nutrition, like all that stuff uh, plays a part in, and getting there. And so, you know, I, I think for us just trying to map out a plan and, and again, prioritize what's going to move the needle for us the most in these first couple of years until we get some of our self-generated revenues built up and some of those things like that, that's really where a lot of our focus is. Um, you know, one of the things, and I mentioned this in our press conference, I mean, we've got to, this is one area we've got to fast forward, but we're not going to shortcut this either because it's, it's relationships and you just can't shortcut the, the depth you need in relationships to build, you know, season ticket base, donor base. Like we've got to get more people in the pipeline for an institution with our alumni base and our uh, size of, of um, student body, we have got to be at a much higher place there. And so some of that's really just, you know, I, I don't know any other way than getting in front of people and sharing our mission, our passion, why it's important, what we're doing with our student athletes, what the product is in being able to change people's lives through education and sports. Like um, that, that's every day we're talking about how can we do a better job of that. But then I also want our fan base to realize, and it's not a slap that we haven't been able to do that over the course of time. It's just a reality we're in, but we need their help too. Like the best way to multiply this is to have people who have come through these doors who love this place yep. and to bring their friends along. Like I'm, I'm shocked at how many people I run into within a 10 mile radius of campus who are alums and they've not been back to a game since they finished at UNT or they, mm -hmm. they drive by and they see it, but they've never got out to come in and look. And, you know, I, I think, for us, we've got to capture that and, and some responsibility comes back on us to make sure that our game in game experiences is where it needs to be so that when people come, they feel like it was a good value and they want to come back. And so we spent a significant amount of time um, as a staff this summer with different focus groups and, and just internally thinking about everything that happens around game day. Uh, and so I'm hopeful that when we get to Cal, uh, fans show up. They're going to not only notice physical changes in and around tailgating and our game day experience, but the operational pieces of it inside the stadium, the entertainment and what we're doing through video boards and engagement during the game. Like I, That all needs to feel significantly different because that, that bar has been moved when you go in to schools like Memphis and Tulane and 
you know, that they're going to have a different experience than we've had at some of our competitors in Conference USA. And so uh, we know we've got to elevate that and do our part to keep people coming back. Do you think that helps also playing against those bigger teams like Tulane, Memphis, SMU, just because it's like the flashier name, right? You're not playing against a Southern Miss like we did in the past, but you're playing against, I mean, SMU, obviously, but Tulane and Memphis. Do you think it helps fans want to be more engaged? I think it does. I mean, and, and I think we're we're coming up on the, you know, one of our things and people don't realize, for instance, we get a lot of criticism around scheduling and I'll, I mean, we, we sit around here and it's not because we're sitting here not wanting power five schools or brand name, you know, bigger brands to come in here, but to be able to get your conference there. But for us in football, we've got to run here now. We've kind of shifted our philosophy to do at least one power five home and home. And so I think you look out until 2032 or 2033, we're going to have a power five opponent every year and they're not two for ones, they're home and homes. And, and so, you know, those types of things, we know that's important and we've got to do that. But some of that, to be honest, is a little bit out of our control, like getting home and homes with power fives, you know, the landscape's changing a little bit and, you hear some of these power five programs talking about wanting to do more conference games and which that's going to mean fewer opportunities for these home and homes in the future. So I think it's going to always be a challenge and difficult, but I'm hopeful given our location and kind of what we're trying to build here, that will still be a viable option for people who want to be able to get into Texas, play a game here. Certainly it's easy to get in and out of Dallas, Fort Worth. Um, And so I do think you're going to see uh, in all of our sports, non-conference schedules strengthened, but certainly the, the brand value in, in the institutions in the American athletic conference is going to help us significantly. Yeah. I mean, we, we talked to, <clears throat> it was Grant last year, right, Colin, where he went through the scheduling with us and. Oh yeah. Yeah. yeah how that all worked. Like even like for football, I feel like actually it's y'all done a really, really good job with this. I mean, if you look at last year's SMU, Memphis, UNLV, I mean, Texas Southern has the FBS one, but I'm like, if you look at it, SMU, Memphis, those are games that if you win those games, they give you a significant boost in those situations. For example, Cal this year, they're a P5 team, but they are a game where if North Texas plays well, they could win that game. Yeah, And so then that gives you a significant boost too. You're not going to get those one-on-ones with, you know, Arkansas or someone to come, come play the home and home with you. That's really tough in a lot of situations. And so that's why I feel like actually I've done, a really good job with with you and Ren and guys like that, but I guess you know fans always want the they're like oh why can't we get OU I don't know, TCU <laughs> yeah. TCU home game or something I'm like that's just not really how how it works I mean traveled to Missouri played Missouri team that you know lose by 13 in that game so I I'm excited that ASMU will be a conference opponent now so that frees up a slot in the future but overall I I think it's been real. Good. I like this year's schedule too. Even uh, FIU and La Tech, which are obviously winnable games, and then Cal. So it's a well, really good year. Four and one, three and one, something like that, or four and oh, three and one. Uh, I, I like that. Well, and, and it's a couple other things, just not to belabor scheduling, but I think it's good okay. for fans to kind of understand one, particularly with football, you're scheduling so far out. So yes. you'll schedule yeah. a game and you're like, hey, this could be really good. And then there's a coaching change, and all of a sudden that. Yeah, that game you thought you might have a win in all of a sudden is a really tough game. And yeah. so you just don't know how the ebbs and flows of co- competition. So you, you just have to roll the dice on scheduling. You know, I think the other thing um, 
is the home away sequence. We always hear people, we always got to start on the road. And by the time we get the home game, people are going to cancel. That's a function of how, that's a function of we don't want to have three or four road games in our non-conference. We don't want to have necessarily three. We've got some years coming up where we're going to have three of our four games will be home games. Like I'll take that every now and then. But there is a sequence to that that you just have to plug games in where they make sense. And it's just hard to unwind that once you're dealing with decades long kind of scheduling patterns. And so, you know, we we uh, we've tried to do a better job to ensure big buyouts um, if we're doing our home game on the back end. And not that that's going to impede a school from saying, hey, we'll buy you out. But if they do, we're at least getting, you know, a windfall of a decent amount of money. And it. it we put that number to place where it, in most cases it's cost prohibitive for somebody to try to get out of the game. Yeah. So you're not going to give us the scoop on who's, who we're playing in 30, <laughs> 33, 34. I think most of I think most of that's already out there. Like we do. Oh. Have, so we've got, we've got some games that we're still um, working through general counsel. Like some of the verbiage in contracts has to do a lot of back and forth. Uh, Cause some States don't want certain things in there, but uh I think we're in a pretty good spot from a scheduling perspective. All right. We'll follow up on this in 10 years. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, You guys will be there. I don't know. I I hope I'm still here, but you guys can be talking about it for sure. We'll be talking about it either way. Um, I mean, that's pretty much all we have for the American, uh, for everything like that. You got anything else, Colin, before we wrap it up? Uh, I just have a fun question I want to ask. All right, go ahead. So we normally ask athletes this, but you were an athlete. Might still be. Uh, what when you when you played basketball? What was your secondary sport? Like what? If, were you football guy or? No, I was a baseball guy. I was yeah. actually baseball. I was a I was an all state baseball player. Was not an all state basketball player. So um, wow. But uh, that's that's how two A Texas uh, baseball <laughs> and basketball works. <laughs> were, you, were you a pitcher? No, I was first baseman. Oh, that makes sense. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. And we were trying to figure out if you were the tallest guest we've had on the podcast. How tall are you exactly? I'm six eight. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, because I thought for I thought we had Thomas on, but we didn't. Or if we did, it was a long time ago. Colin. It was a long time ago. Bell that was two years ago. Maybe yeah, three actually. I'm a little taller than Thomas. Yeah, a little taller than. It Thomas. wouldn't even mattered. <laughs> <laughs> so that's that's um. All right, good. We have a new uh, new point to reach. We, I don't think we've had Zach Simmons on. I don't think we didn't have a boo on at any point. So yeah, there, there's a few of those guys that would that would definitely have me. So they're out there. When, when you played, were you were you a stretch four? Were you, were you getting double doubles? How were you playing? No, I was. Uh, I played uh, the four and the five, mm-hmm. um, and then when I went overseas, I you know the the pro game is just so much matchup driven. Uh, so you could find yourself playing. I could shoot a little bit, I, so I would play three, four, or five, uh, just kind of depending on matchups. Um, but, uh, yeah, primarily a four and five in college. What, what country did you play in? Uh, played in the Middle East in uh, Qatar. Interesting. Interesting. Well, there you go. Yeah, yeah. Head of the curve. The World Cup goes over there. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah there you go. go. Over there. <laughs> yeah, cha- they, they will. I can, I can uh, attest to they will have challenges keeping things cool over there that time of year. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I could not imagine. I could not imagine. Um, any any fun uh, vacation plans? Are you have you already gone on vacation? Or you gotta have to take a week off. Ren always took like two weeks off or something in the middle of the summer. So he's uh you know he, 
I'm uh, this summer just because the pace and everything we've had going. We did we're doing like three little kind of extended weekends. I, I yeah. took my family out. We spent a little time in Florida last week, end of last week, um, have an extended family trip up to uh, Hot Springs, Arkansas here over July 4th. And then um, my we, we always go down and do a, uh, a river float at the end of summer with the kids. So we'll, we'll have a few days down in uh, Green, Texas, uh, which is our little piece of heaven here. So look forward yeah. to that at the end of the summer. Yeah. Always love a good, uh, floating down the river. Oh yeah. Can't, can't go wrong with that. I don't Especially know. Especially it's on 110 outside. I mean, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just you better make sure you're sunscreened up, like floating out there on there. You get out of there and it, it will not be a good, good That's rest of your I'm trip. Saying. Last That's summer I'm I went saying. to, last summer I went to Destin, Florida on the beach, sunscreened up except for my feet. My feet got cooked i forgot about that absolutely cooked oh yeah, oh, yeah. Colin you always there. forget about your feet but i mean like yeah that and that's a that's not a good one because you you know the slides the flip-flops the i mean that just hurts the rest of the trip. i forgot but, about that that's funny yeah, yeah Colin, i forgot it was for the wedding i was like i forgot yeah <laughs> I had the that's picture. crazy dang i can't get it but anyways all right that's all we've taken enough of your time 35 minutes um thank you jared for coming on uh this was a lot of fun appreciate you guys it's uh love what you guys do and uh and always uh we love the opportunity to be able to uh, put our coaches and student athletes out there so appreciate you guys absolutely